The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. because we're going to be slamming it in your ear holes today. It is the Winkly. I am your host, the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, and I am joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. It's not in my contract to slam anything into any ear holes, but I will entertain. <laughs> oh, we're going to slam some sounds into some ear holes today, guys. I'm in a good mood. I got a big, I'm using my WrestleMania. I don't even remember this is the WrestleMania Orlando from April 2nd, 2017. I'm drinking out of my uh, souvenir cup that was once filled with beer, today filled with delicious, refreshing, life-giving water. Why not the beer? It's too early, buddy. Try not to drink during the week. It's a, it's a, you should look forward to enjoying those delicious, foamy craft beverages on the weekend, you know? Uh, so, no, it's it's early. We got work to do here today, guys. We got a lot of work to do. We got a big show, lots of news. Uh, after the news today, we got a, another interview for you here. I'm very excited to release this one today. Former Jacksonville Jaguar player. He actually played on a couple other NFL teams, but we're going to focus on the Jacksonville Jaguar period because he worked for the cons for a brief period of time down in Jacksonville. He's now an ESPN broadcaster. His name is Austin Lane. I met him in the media scrums uh, at Fight for, or Fighter Fest. Last time, I'm going to see him again here this weekend at Fight for the Fallen. Really interesting chat, uh, getting to hear what it's like to be a football player, working for a family like the cons, what kind of benefits you get. We talk about CTE and how it's handled in the NFL. Uh, and we get a couple of his takes on, you know, AEW, the world of pro wrestling. So I think you guys are going to like this one a lot. Uh, also, speaking of AEW, I will be on site, like I said, this Saturday, Fight for the Fallen. So be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest breaking updates before they make their way onto the site shortly after. Uh, also, this uh, Saturday night, we are going to have coverage on the site of uh, Evolve's 10th anniversary show. That's right, there's two big shows. We're going to be covering them both on Saturday night. Uh, then on Sunday, coming in the afternoon, we've got GCW's 5150, a tribute to Homicide. We're going to be doing coverage of that on the site. And immediately following that, we again start our live coverage of WWE Extreme Rules. That night, we'll have the post show on YouTube. It'll get dropped up on our iTunes channel after that. And it just never stops. A jam-packed weekend for pro wrestling. Are you ready, Justin? I think I'll be on the uh, Extreme Rules post show. Oh, there you go. Even better. The cherry on top of my Sunday. Sun Sunday being S-U-N-D-A-Y. 
It's a good bit of wordplay. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, over, yeah, over. I'm still, I'm st- I'm still uh, opining on the ear hole comment. Blasting some ear holes. Let's do it. It's some time for some news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Um, and a uh, little bruising this week. We'll start off looking at the raw ratings for this week. They drew an average of two three five point two million, down six percent from the week before, where they did two point four nine six. So really, marginally, no difference here. The only reason I, I let off with this here today other than the fact that uh, I like numbers, um, is that the hour-to-hours were a little bit different than last Monday's Raw. Uh, the first hour did 2.384, second 2.349, little dip, and then the last hour 2.322. Again, a little dip. They really didn't drop a whole ton from hour one to hour three, but it did slip consistently from hour one to hour three, which was unlike last week, of course, where we had noted that they had a significant jump in the second hour, arguably because they did the big spot, I think, at the top of the first hour. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, mean, I was expecting. I, I figured I, I did not expect after watching Monday Night Raw that when we got the numbers that there would be anything uh, related to the word increase. I expected that it all to be some decrease, just you know how much uh, we had to wait and see. So I, I'm not surprised by these numbers at all. Yeah, uh, ditto. And, you know, it was. what do you think was different? I mean, it did feel different. I've read that now. I've been trying to keep my – I'm trying to keep it in check, you know, exactly week to week what the creative looks like. But I've heard it enough now on social media where people felt like – this past week's Raw felt very different than, than the week before. It didn't have the same tone and rhythm to it. So I wonder what happened here, if, if they had so much success two weeks ago with with a formula they were they were testing out. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I, I think it's important to remember, and I, and I kind of wanted to, you know, what, two weeks ago when we were praising Raw and it you know had the hot start with Lashley and Braun and the, the edgy, you know, Maria, Mike story, you know, I... I you know, we were talking about Heyman having his fingerprints on it, it sort of seemed like it, but I, I, I still, in my back of my mind, I was like, you know... I, I, until until it is Heyman and, and I don't know until Paul and Eric are both in place like I, I still feel like we're in like transitions here so you know there's still ideas that might be getting used on TV that are from I don't want to say an old regime but are just ideas that like you know started or planned or stories that planned you know a few weeks before even these changes and new hires are made so I mean it, there's gonna be a transition type it's not gonna be overnight you know a you know, drastic change so but yeah I mean this past week did not have the same must see urgency um or you know must see urgent that urgency that the the week prior had i'm not sure you know maybe maybe it was just again go home show to a pay-per-view there's only so much craziness they're going to do because they want to stay in line with what they have to you know accomplish coming up on sunday well let's talk about one of the last minute changes they had going into this sunday uh the wrestling observer is reporting that alexa bliss uh who is supposed to go heads up one-on-one with bailey for this for the uh, smackdown women's championship at extreme rules well she is suffering from a really bad sinus infection now that is why nikki cross was added to extreme rules making it this handicap match with bailey here for sunday bliss is still scheduled to compete but i would guess if uh bliss can't compete then maybe you just do nikki bailey heads up or does nikki find another partner um i don't know what do you make of this i would think you just do nikki straight up and you just use some kind of story like you know alexa's not here again and then you can just spin it as you know spin it as oh, alexa the heel she's obviously brainwashed and using and manipulating Nikki Cross to do her dirty work. And, and, you know, this has been kind of a blessing for Nikki Cross getting this, uh, this TV time. I think she's done well with it. Um, and you know, to, to bliss, I mean, to sign, I'll tell you what, the worst sinus infection I ever had, I was actually, uh, I was traveling and I was traveling to London and, uh, again, it just got worse and worse as I traveled and, and it, it, it was brutal. Uh, it, it knocked me on my ass. And so, I mean, sinus infection, I could certainly, you know, that does not do any favors when you're having to travel and, trying to fly and up and down in the air. And so uh, it's possible. Who knows? Depending on where she's at in her uh, recovery. I mean, yeah, it's possible that maybe she 
isn't ready to go Sunday. So good thing they do have Nikki Cross to kind of, you know, get get out of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, more bad luck for Alexi here. I feel so bad for her. You know, it's like anytime I feel like she even starts to get a little momentum, something something sidelines her. So I hope this is the, the last of this series of road bumps. Um, you know, as I you know, as we pundit, as we we are want to do here on the Winkley, you know, thinking creatively what is possible here. Um, I don't really know what Sasha Banks's deal is. I know there's a lot. It's been a lot of speculation murmuring you know after nikki's comment to to bailey that she better find a friend to have her back maybe we could get sasha banks back if alexa couldn't go what a what a what a twist of fate if the handicap matches now against nikki cross and bailey and sasha get to to get a pip you know beat her up pick up a win there and the next night on raw nikki's like alexa what happened here just got my ass kicked you know you're a bad friend why why aren't you there just spitting just spitting things out there yeah, or or they could find an opposite way where if they want to if they want to heal Sasha Banks, which a heel Sasha Banks versus babyface Bailey has done them good in the past, uh, to where uh, Sasha, you know, it, it mm. turn turns on Bailey. Who knows? Interesting. Sasha fills the role of Alexa Bliss. I don't hate that. I kind of, I kind well, I like either way. Just, just punditing. Uh, well, uh, we had an interesting exchange here on Twitter. This generated a lot of interest on the website. Uh, Bobby Lashley uh, responded to a fan who tweeted him that he had no personality. Unlike Bray Wyatt, I guess was the insinuation here. Uh, Bobby responded to the fan by saying, if he wants it, he knows where to find me. Whenever whenever you're done playing with your puppets, Bray, come on down to the ring. Bray Wyatt responded with, thank you, and then 01001, like 270 characters binary here, that I guess legitimately translates to, I am in your home, Bobby, which is effing. Who translated this? I, I, I read it on this. I read it on Wrestling Inc., I read it. I know, I know, but who, but who, who translated it for wrestling to post? I would guess Raj probably. I, I, this seems like something Raj would do. I feel like Raj would go in there and go, you know what? We should figure out if those numbers are are an actual message. You can, there's translators online. It's not like you. It's not like we do it sitting with a calculator. Just go to a website. You <laughs> plug the binary and you say, what is it's like translating French now? You know. <laughs> That was what I took away from this. That was what I took away whenever the story was. Who the hell? Who translated this? Who knows this? The Wink robot did it. We have a robot. We go to him when we have robot-related stories and issues, and we say, "Robot, can you help us translate this binary?" He's he's good for the other things too, but largely binary yeah. translation. Um, Naturally, uh, Bobby responded to Wyatt with this Pulp Fiction gift, suggesting he's waiting. Um, here's here's the thing. This just spooks me. Uh, I don't know what it is because robots scare me, right? And I don't know what Bray Wyatt's doing here, starting to speak in binary. But it it, does, it gives me the it gives me the wiggles. And to say I'm in I'm in your home, Bobby, in binary. Is he a robot now? I don't know. Uh, more 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 successful riddle and rhymes from uh from, from Bray Wyatt. I mean, I I this is pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen a wrestling promo done in binary. I agree, and I'm trying to figure out like what does it mean? Like the fact is he a robot? Did he? Has he entered the Matrix? Is he like able to to morph things with his brain, a la Neo, because he's broken the Matrix? I, I again, I don't, you know, maybe. <laughs> who knows what the fiend is capable of? I think that's. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Robots binary. It all gives me the wiggles. So this, is, this spooked me out. Uh, well, last night ESPN held their ESPYS. Uh, Roman Reigns won the first ever Best WWE Moment Award for his triumphant return to Monday Night Raw following his second battle with leukemia. The other nominees were Becky Lynch for winning the Raw Women's title and SmackDown title at WrestleMania 35, Kofi for winning the WWE title at WrestleMania 35, and Ronda Rousey for winning 
her first Raw Women's title at SummerSlam 2018. Good for I mean, this. I mean, hard not to to say this was a very touching moment here. Um, it's kind of a layup, I feel, for WWE the SBs. This doesn't feel like an award so much as like a commercial, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, I think we talked about it when they when there's a nominate when the award and the nominees became public. I think we talked about it on here. You asked me who I thought was going to win, and I said I just feel like it's kind of like a shoe in that it's this is this was created for Roman Reigns. Here's here's three worked finishes. Here's three people who won illegitimate grappling contest, and the fourth nominee legitimately beat cancer. It's just you know, yeah, it's a weird. That's a weird award. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, WWE has canceled two live events scheduled to take place in Italy coming up this November, Sunday, November 3rd in Florence and Monday, November 4th in Milan. Uh, the official reason for the cancellation given by the local promoters is a scheduling conflict in the WWE tour. It was noted that they hope to announce a future date soon, uh, for Italy. And it is believed that the next dates in Italy are related to WWE's return to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia with the observer Reporting last week that WWE canceled other dates on the November European tour to the return of Saudi Arabia and that the planned date of Friday November 1st was reportedly being changed to another date, presumably in November. So there you go. Rescheduling due to uh, uh, the next Saudi show. Any, 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 yeah. th- any thoughts on, on this cancellation, Justin? Well, that's what I've heard is is they're moving the Saudi show. And, and then this is this is obviously now the time where SmackDown needs to be live on Friday. So it's just caused a whole shuffle. The Saudi shows are normally on Friday, so maybe it's not going to be the case now on a, for this one. Um, I've had I've had actually maybe more than usual um, people from uh, from overseas reach out to me uh, as if I have some say or wanting maybe more new more, more info, asking, "Hey, why is a show that I thought was going to be a TV taping why is it now not, or why is the date gone away completely?" And I've just told them exactly what I just said. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's they're moving the Saudi show around because now they have to deal with having monday live tv and friday live tv um so that seems to be a trickle down effect with the uh, and they obviously usually do their european tour <clears throat> they usually do one of the two Euro- european tours uh in this time of the year so it's all just kind of a domino effect this ball and cup game with the the live events is is i i, I think it's i think it's starting to take an effect i don't i mean i know they're doing i mean you, you do whatever 500 plus shows a year you're gonna have more cancellations and rescheduling come up but He's come up quite a bit these days, and I wonder if there's not more fans that are just saying, you know, I don't even know if I want to worry about buying a ticket if I if I know the show could change. It might just be easier to stay home and, and enjoy it that way, you know? Well, or it might be easier just to walk up and get a ticket, and then you know, sure. then as WWE's looking at these, you know, the, the lack of pre-sold tickets for these towns. Um, I mean, you know, the overseas thing is one thing, you know. I mean, they go, like I said, they go over and do, like, their, their Europe tour, you know, like twice a year, but... Um, it looks really bad when it's here in the U.S. when they're canceling these cities, you know, because of the wild card rule and things like things like that. When they try to do, you know, SmackDown tour of the SmackDown roster, do a live event on Monday night while they're taping Raw somewhere else, and then they realize they need X amount of these top SmackDown draws that they said were going to appear in one town, and now they cancel. I mean, that's I mean, how many? I mean, we had a string of weeks in a row. There'd be like four or five weeks in a row where they were canceling Monday live events, and I mean that 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 looks really really bad. Yeah. Maybe this is why David Starr stomped on the WWE UK title. He's like, I thought I was doing you guys a favor. These UK fans are driving you crazy with all their complaints and things like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. David Starr. Uh, Nikki Bella on the new Bella Twins podcast, uh, the latest Bella Twins podcast, claimed that she hasn't been a- she hasn't been asked by WWE to give a retirement speech because she thinks that uh, WWE thinks they will get or she or Brie will get hate from smart marks for giving that speech. Do you believe that? Do you think that's the reason, Justin? 
No, I, I well, I don't, I don't know. It's it's an odd statement for her to make. I would just think they're not having her do a retirement speech because they figure, hey, this is a these are prime candidates we can put into our hall, our hall of fame, and they can make their speech there. I think that's I think that's a very good point. I don't think that I don't think that she'd get like drowned out in booze if she gave a retirement speech. I don't think that I don't think there's that much ill will towards Nikki Bell anymore. You know, do you? No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, last time we saw, I mean, you know, I mean, she she was getting full on heel heat when she was taken on and when she was the main event of the first women's pay-per-view against Ronda. I mean, and that's what was she was supposed to get that heat. Um, you know, I mean, she's not with John Cena anymore, so it's not like they can not like she can get the smart marks, you know, mad at her because of that. I mean, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of like when I when I saw that, like when I when I read when I read this, I I, I just disagreed. I said, no, I just think that they're, you know, and quite honestly, in a day and age where, you know, you really start to look at, okay, how many more people are going to be like headline worthy or not to say they're going to headline it, but you, know, you start looking at, okay, who's still left to put in the Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. I just figured the Bella Twins are a big mainstream attraction, uh, all things considered, that you know putting them in the Hall of Fame will grab media attention and that you would just save said speech for then. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder if they're doing that with Christian too. He's, an, he's the other one where I'm like, what? Why did he just disappear? He's Christian. He's a former world champion. I agree. You kind of, you kind of would think that like they would have, they would have done it by now though. Cause I mean, he, he disappeared from, in terms of in-ring activity quite a while ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's got the edge of Christian shows. I mean, I know that Jay's got, you know, relationship with WWE. That's still very good. Just always like, and it's like, these guys don't even know. They're like, who knows? You're not in that room. Yeah. Uh, and you know, with Nikki too, rather you do it at a hall of fame, you do it on a raw. I think you do enough vignettes that the women on the, the roster, especially the ones that are more beloved by the fans talking about the, the nice things Nikki has done to set the table to, to push for you know the women to, to get more exposure on TV or the opportunities she helped to create by getting them on reality shows like Total Divas and things like that. I think there's a way to spin that in a couple of vignettes leading up to the speech where you could almost guarantee uh, uh, the, the crowd would be behind her. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If you do it randomly on Raw, like if they just randomly promoted this Monday – uh, coming up next week, Nikki Bella says goodbye when we haven't seen Nikki in, in how long anyways, that would be random. And then you probably would get some, you know, some fans just, you know, just trying to monopolize or not monopolize, but uh, hijack the segment. But if you put it in the, if you put it on the hall of fame stage in the context of the hall of fame and yeah, and you find the right uh, lady to induct the twins, um, you know, everybody at the hall of fame for the most part understands like, okay, this is, you know, the, the, you know, you're very, I mean, when have we ever seen somebody really get booed off a hall of fame stage? You know what I mean? Like the, the fans there accept the speeches and kind of, finally you know acknowledge and respect you know those who they may have given a hard time when they were active performers so yeah i just think the hall of fame is just the most appropriate stage to do such she comes out in a salmon jacket right (laughs) (laughs) anyway she could lay out john cena too she could just recreate the mark henry spot i think that'd be very popular (laughs) she would probably get pop of the night for sure uh wwe studio here's the shit you know i use this as the pivot here i don't know maybe we'll see nikki involved in our next story here wwe studios and independent studio critical content are producing a new series fight like a girl which will air on mobile first media technology platform quibi have you heard of quibi uh i have not i think they're subsidiary of tout okay i'm just kidding i made that up New platform. Let's say that, that, that'll, that'll bode well for <laughs> Quibi. Uh, each episode will feature WWE Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon pairing a WWE female superstar with a young woman struggling with a personal issue that has been holding her back. The WWE stars 
This should be superstars, whoever wrote this. Superstars will draw from their own life experiences to help their trainees overcome obstacles and become tougher, stronger, and healthier versions of their former selves inside and out. Each episode will be shot at the WWE Performance Center and will feature a stunning transformation and heart-pounding reveal as the women change their lives forever. I love this. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a true life kind of it's kind of like a you know it's a, a lot of things just flew through my head like like an element of like true life that used to be on like MTV um it's like bar rescue but for an individual and a female more specifically it's like just, it was just in, yeah I don't know this I mean I don't know maybe it could work uh it's certainly from just a from a time standpoint with with the amount of women empowerment in the last few years in media and in Hollywood and such um, I mean, this is the, the this is the time to hit with these kind of uh, these kind of themed shows. Can I can I share a story here real quick? Sure. This, this, by the way, this sounds like a great. This sounds great. I love reality TV. I will genuinely watch this. It sounds like it'll be fun and something like that. But a, a couple, you, you know who Max Landis is? That guy who got in a bunch of trouble recently got outed as yeah. like a terrible person. Yeah. He did that um, wrestling isn't wrestling video that was real popular a couple years ago. Yep. It started all yep. women, yep. right? Yep. I interviewed him for the previous site that I worked for. It was like a 45-minute interview, and I will never forget, right after that interview, he, I was like, yeah, man, well, I love your comments about, you know, you're using these women in the video, you know, about the current scene. It's like, you know, this women's revolution thing, it feels like it's starting to heat up. And this is a couple of years ago before it really took momentum. And he I bluntly said something to me like, it is all fake. There is no women's revolution. I know Hollywood. This is all just for show. And as soon as I saw, dude, I, and, I, I, and like, and like, I never forgot because I was like, wow, what a dick, you know? I was like, this guy sounds like a dick. And I watched all that roll out and I was like, huh, he really just what my gut was right. What a dick. What an awful person. Anyway, side tangent. Yeah. I, I got down the wormhole a few weeks ago of, of reading about some of the, the, exploitate the some of the reports coming out about him and uh and i, I remember that video i remember i remember the, the i remember it was like a very entertaining 30 minute video of uh, uh of explaining wrestling to somebody who was never watched before it was very well done and i remember he, he had everybody being you know every john cena everybody being reenacted by by you know young females and um yeah that's 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 interesting i never you never told me that. that's interesting that he, that he said that considering where we are now with <laughs> yeah. things yeah well that was i don't know it was just like you know and it like gave me it made well it made me feel terrible because i was like this man is a monster and you interviewed him and you put his thoughts out in the world but b i was like uh I, it gives me it gives me solace knowing that those characters are getting weeded out and they're i mean i think that this whatever women's revolution movement it's a real thing now i mean women are getting more opportunities i don't know on the pay scale side but on the back end i mean obviously that's like the big uh discussion coming out of the, the women's national soccer team victory here now equal pay i don't know if it's fully gone that direction backstage yet but from the storefront from the impact it's having on the business it feels very real you know yeah i don't want to go on a tangent here I, i've just never understood I, I just never have understood i've never understood the the dislike or disrespect or, or the, or the insecurity or intimidation that men can have from women. I, I don't know. I, I just never, that one's never connected to me. I never understood like the, the I, I don't know, just never understood. It. It's, it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around. I don't, you know, yeah. same thing, same thing, maybe same thing with like, you know, like dislike or disrespect of like Jewish people. I just never, I just don't understand it. Wow. <laughs> I've never been able to like really grab, but 
Yeah, well, it's uh, it's pockets, cultural pockets, right? And that's the thing with the internet now. Everybody can hear you, right? So um, it's just, you know, it's different lifestyles. I grew up in part of Texas where certain things were said and done. I live here in Chicago now. Those things aren't said and done. So anyway, you live, you learn, you grow as a person. Try your best. Um, don't become Max Landis. <laughs> Don't become Max Landis. Pointing my if, you take, if, you, if you take nothing else out of what we slammed in your ear hole today, yes. don't be Max Landis. Fight like a girl coming to you. And by the way, I reached out to them and I was like, you know, maybe, you know, we can help promote, you know, maybe get some footage or talk to some people on the site about the show and all that. Uh, I got the vibe that they haven't even like filmed this yet. This is really just the release. So I would guess it's going to be filmed and released here in pretty short order. Um, but yes, back to the topic at hand. I think this is a good idea. And, you know, more reality stuff, easy stuff. It's a single location here, performance center. You bring some outside people in. You can do this in a couple of days for each of these. It's good. Even I, I would still love a WWE game show, like a full on half hour each week. Who would, who would host it? The game show. Um, yeah. Corey Graves seems like a, he'd be a good game show host. Oh yeah, his sarcasm would put Alex Trebek uh, to shame. Yeah. Anyway. Food for thought. Uh, we got some AEW news here uh, to wrap up uh, our news block here. Uh, first of all, uh, a new match has been announced for Fight for the Fallen this Saturday night. It'll happen on the buy-in pre-show. Sonny Kiss uh, will be taking on the librarian, Peter Avalon, uh, who will be accompanied by uh, Leva Bates, fellow librarian. I believe this is Sonny's first singles match. I believe this, is, this may be Peter's first singles match in AEW as well. Uh, big fan of both of these two. This, these two are going to have a great bout. Very excited to see them in the ring and finally, you know, let the world see what they're both capable of. Uh, how how invested are you in the librarian character so far, Justin? Uh, I get amused. I get amused by. Uh, uh, I got amused by. Um, I, I did watch the start of the Being the Elite this past week, the most recent one, and I I, I, I get amused by it. I mean, I'm I'm gen- That's kind of my answer generally with a lot of the AEW core antics from 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 that group of guys. I mean, I, I, it is amusing. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's always necessarily my cup of tea or like what i'm seeking out but i i'm generally amused and impressed by their creativity and by their by their self-built brand essentially um and thing you know then the whole librarian character just one more one more example uh also on the card here real quick just to run it down so you know what to expect this saturday night at fight for the fallen the other buy-in pre-show match we'll see mjf sean spears and sammy guevara taking on joey janela darby allen and jimmy havoc jericho's gonna have a live mic uh, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, SoCal and Censored, they're going to take on the Lucha Brothers. That match will be wonderful, I'm sure. Uh, Adam Page is going to take on Kip Sabian. Uh, Brandy Rhodes is going to take on Allie in her in-ring debut uh, for AEW. Uh, Kenny Omega will battle Seema. That'll be great as well. And, of course, the main event, Cody and Dustin taking on the Young Bucks. Pretty jammed card. I'm, I'm more excited about this card than I was the uh, the Fighter Fest card. Yeah, it is a hell of a card when you look at it on paper. Um yeah, I'm still, I'm you know waiting the the Chris Jericho live mic uh, segment. Just waiting, waiting to hear. I mean, is it all storyline build or is he is he, you know, is he is he is he shooting so to speak? You no, know, yeah, he, he said he's gonna hurt feelings on Twitter. Hmm. All right, he's building up. He's, he, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's hyping it up yeah. big, so he's got to deliver. Whose feelings do you think he hurts? Oh, uh, Brock. You think he may, You think he goes <laughs> back after Brock again? You think he goes after Punk? I bet he goes after Punk. Uh, I mean, if he goes after Punk, I mean, he's just going to stir the pot that, that Punk's actually signed. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Chris Van Vliet, our good friend who was on the show here about two weeks ago, uh, sat down with the Young Bucks, the latest of his big interviews. Uh, the Young Bucks did comment on CM Punk. Nick Jackson said, we'll be honest, of course, we would love Punk to come to our company. At this time, I just don't think he wants to do that. Matt talks to him all the time about it, but the timing's not right, I guess. 
Matt Jackson then followed up by saying, when he wants to come back to wrestling, it'll be his decision. Professional wrestling is the most demanding thing in the world. You can't just find yourself back in it one day and be like, okay, I guess I'm doing it again. You really have to do it, and that's up to him. Or you really have to want to do it, and that's up to him. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. They've done so much stuff in Chicago. It is. We haven't seen Punk yet. I wonder if we aren't all getting our hopes up that maybe we see him at All Out. Well, it's possible that happens, but I mean, I, you know, I don't believe any of these. I don't really pay attention to any of these quotes in terms of like taking them for validity because, like, of course, like if they if they know that that they have Punk, even if it's verbally agreed and it's not on paper agreed to for 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 All Out or even if it's for the first TV tape, whatever. Like, even if they know, obviously they're gonna. This is exactly what they would say. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, um. That, that's kind of the, the beauty of it is like, you know, they're not going to say anything otherwise. They're not going to say, well, you know, we've actually think we might have gotten his interest peaked. Like, they're not going to say that. They're going to they're going to make sure they, they, they keep us as far away for as possible from thinking that Punk showing up to obviously put emphasis on when he does show up, if he does show up. Because you're right. If you're going to All Out, if you've bought a ticket to All Out and you are expecting, if you are expecting CM Punk to be there, that is kind of dangerous for you. If that's, if that's what is going to make or break your experience, that's dangerous because, you know, this, this is a guy who walked away on top from wrestling uh, in January of 2014 and has not really been seen in that world since. So he's obviously, well, you know, he, well, you know, I mean, he wasn't seen, but he was under a mask. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, don't, 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 don't let your, don't rest on Punk's appearance being the make or break for the all out show. No. You know, I, 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 mind you, I do think that there is better than ever chance now of okay. that happening, but I'm just, I'm just saying it's just, it is what it is. Uh, you know, and again, it's like, I'm torn because he did the mask thing in Milwaukee. Very, very confident it was him under that mask at that Milwaukee show from a couple months ago. So it's like he. Oh yeah, it was him. Yeah, yeah, it was him. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, he obviously likes. He still wants to do it, right? He would have done it if he didn't want to do it, right? He did it. We were obviously. Well, wasn't it something? Wasn't it? Didn't he do it for the guy who trained him? Look, look. Yeah. Well, he's very good friends with that whole Milwaukee crew. That that crew, the Chicago crew. They all they're the people that are influential now in the Milwaukee scene. Yes, the people that run uh, MKE, the, the company there. Very good friends with Punk, but. Punk Punk doesn't want to do it. It's not like it's not like he came out and he did. I mean, yeah, there was some buzz around the show, but it's not like he came out and showed his face or anything. He did like a spot that created a, a little interest here. But I think this had more with Punk wanting to do it because he was in town. Maybe it was brought to him like, hey, do you want to give this a go? And he was like, jumped at it. Sure. Thanks for asking kind of deal. Um, but the bottom line is he, he, he did it. I don't think he, he wouldn't have done it if he didn't like want to be doing wrestling stuff, you know? Well, sure. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Every other major AEW-related event, I believe, what we've speculated, uh, even 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 the first all-out before AEW was fully announced, you know, we kept wondering, okay, is Punk going to show up here? Is Punk going to show up here? And we've always, going into the event, I think we've always had, we've always been aware of Punk having something else on that same date, whether it's an MMA thing or a signing or whatever. And we've said, all right, well, it's... He's booked to do this at the same time, and then we, then we play the game of how fast can you get a jet, you know. So if we get to the week or two before the all-out event, and we have no public knowledge of him being booked for anything else, MMA signing, whatever, then I just say, all right, that's that that should heighten maybe the the possibility because uh, we'll we'll know of nothing else that he's he's double booked to be doing. Uh, well, uh, senior advisor to AEW, uh, Jim Ross. He was on the Steve Austin show. He gave his insight. He gave some insight into his new AEW role uh, on not accepting an executive vice president role. He said, my reason for being a senior advisor and not an EVP 
is the Young Bucks are EVPs. Cody is an EVP. Kenny is an EVP. They sure as hell don't need my sad fat ass being being one of them. I have already been an EVP. I'm good. I told Tony Khan to just make me a senior advisor, and he liked that title. Later, he asked me why I wanted that title, and I said, it's really simple. This is the wrestling business. The senior advisor gets to take credit for all the good stuff and disavow the stuff that sucks. <laughs> Great answer. And on that note, one of the things he revealed that he pushed for at AEW that's already come to fruition was uh, the enforcement of time limits. And, of course, he pointed out to the Cody and Darby match from Fight for the Fallen or Fighter Fest uh, that went to a draw. And he, he noted how he hadn't had the ability to call a, a match that went to a draw in many, many years. Well, he's right about the senior advisor. That's a great answer, and he's, he's exactly right. I mean, he's been there, done that. It's got a lot more stress than having to account for the things that go wrong. Where senior advisor, you just kind of get to cherry pick and offer you know, offer ideas and just walk away from it. Uh, and the time limit thing, yeah, it's a good push. You know, I mean, that's um, you know, it's it, it's it's one of those elements that again, you know, we don't see it often, especially in WWE. It's one of those elements that like it's it, it, it's another booking opportunity. Obviously, you don't want to have time limit draws every week, but it, but it, at least it makes it matter. If you designate this match has a, you know, remember there used to be a time and remember the nineties where WWE would say, you know, yeah. following match with a 15 minute time limit or the following match with TV time remaining. And, and, and even if that time limit isn't going to come into play, even, even if 39 out of 40 matches, the time limit's not going to come into play, it at least provides some relevancy and, and it provides one more Op, one more rule and obstacle. You know, right now most matches have the rule and obstacle of a 10, 10 second count out and, and don't do this till you're going to get DQ'd. And so there's, there becomes a match psychology of how to work around that. Well, if you have a time limit and you actually, even if, even if the match doesn't come to a time limit at all, but the ring announcer says there's five minutes remaining. Now all of a sudden it puts a different spin on the match psychology. If you, now the guy's got to start doing different things to try to get to victory because the clock is ticking. It, 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 it takes that Iron Man mentality, but puts it in potentially as an option for every match. I think it's a great, great decision by Jim Ross to push for that. My guest at this time is a former NFL player who can be currently heard weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN 690. It is Austin Lane. Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. All good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Now, it was it was pretty cool how we met because, like, you, you a lot like Mark Henry are like a, a former athlete turned journalist. You were right there in the scrums with me. At uh, at, uh, at Fighter Fest, yeah, I, I was definitely in the scrums. It's funny because I was at uh, Double or Nothing in Las Vegas, and Mark Henry was there too. You know, and he's obviously still a big dude. They don't call him the world's strongest man for nothing, right? So I felt like kind of like all the attention was on him for the media purposes, and I was kind of in the corner, mind my own business. Well, Mark wasn't in Daytona for Fighter Fest, so. You know, I was kind of like the black sheep, I guess you would say, of the media group. Because, you know, I'm six foot six, so I'm a pretty tall guy, so I kind of stick out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I kind of felt like, uh, especially, you know, with MJF, too, when I was doing an interview with him, um, he, he kind of had a few choice words for me. And then, obviously, playing for the Jaguars as well, uh, Tony Khan had some cool things to say. And even though my phone went off and he kind of called me out on that, yeah. uh, it was it's, it's a pretty cool scene. Now talk to you. We'll start there. Now, what what is this joke he made about you? You would get fined by your coach if your phone went off during speeches or something? Yeah, well, so you have to remember, like, this is literally my second press conference ever, you know, and, and that's with any sports because I'm pretty new uh, to, to sports radio. I've only been on the job now for ESPN 690 since the, like, like the middle of January. So I'm still pretty new to it. Um, you know, I had my cell phone, my microphone, and 
uh, I was so focused on getting the interview that I completely forgot to turn off my cell phone. So my cell phone goes off. Tony Khan calls me out. And, yeah, basically what he was referencing was, uh, you know, if you're, like a, if you're in an NFL stadium um, on a team, and granted each team is different, but usually the way it works for the rules is if your cell phone goes off or if you even have your cell phone in, in a meeting, that's going to be a fine, you know, and other fines can range from um, being, being late to a meeting, you get fined. If you lose your playbook, then that's a giant fine. So yeah, there's a, there's little things that you can get fined for in, in an NFL locker room. Man, you lose your playbook. I feel like that's, that's gotta be a sin because somebody can pick that up. Well, so, you know? <laughs> so here's the thing. If you lose your playbook, uh, I want to say it was like $20,000 if you lost your playbook. So yeah. like, you basically kept your playbook handcuffed to you the whole time. You basically slept with, with your playbook just because if you lost that, man, especially being your first year in the NFL, uh, that's quite the hefty fun. Now, how did you make the transition from being in the NFL? I know you did MMA for a bit after NFL as well, but like, how did you pivot to becoming like a, a journalist, a pro wrestling journalist in some ways? Yeah, so, you know, so I'm still doing MMA, actually, so I'm still sticking with that. Um, actually, I have a fight coming up here next Saturday in, in Tallahassee, so I'm prepping for that. But the, the whole wrestling thing, um, it kind of came about naturally. You know, uh, Brent Martineau, my co-host on ESPN 690, you know, he's been a staple in the Jacksonville media now for, I think, over 15 years. And I actually, I dealt with him a little bit when I played with the Jaguars, so I knew him. Um, when he offered me the gig to do ESPN 690, I was all for it. You know, I didn't really have a lot of experience in radio or, or in TV, but you know, being a former football player, I felt like I had great insight. Yeah. And it just so happened that once the show started in mid-January, it was right after All Elite Wrestling got announced and they had their first rally in Jacksonville. Oh. And I've been, a, I've been a wrestling fan since, you know, I was eight, eight, eight years old. You know, I mean, I'll never forget my, uh, my first experience with wrestling um, was when my grandma bought at a, at a garage sale. Uh, she bought... SummerSlam 93. And um, the the main event of that one would have been Lex Luger and Yokozuma. And uh, if you remember that match at SummerSlam, the, the, the stipulation was that Lex Luger couldn't body slam Yokozuma and ends up body slamming him to win the, the thing on the count. I remember just being a kid watching that thinking like, yeah, wrestling is pretty legit. And then growing up in Wisconsin, there would always be some shows in Stevens Point or Milwaukee that we would go to. So I had some experience there. But um, it was something that I wanted to bring to the table with ESPN 690 just because with All Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan, I mean, you know, his, his dad owns the Jaguars, so I was already familiar with them. But yeah. it's also great for the city of Jacksonville. And with sports radio, you know, it, it can be kind of a taboo kind of thing just because when you're talking wrestling, you know, there's the – there's a percentage of people out there that are into sports radio that can't stand wrestling. Yeah. You know? And um, so, you know, so obviously I knew there's going to be some drawbacks there. There's, you know, me talking about wrestling on the radio, especially sports radio, what, when it's used to like, you know, college football, the NFL, baseball and things like that. I mean, you know, talking wrestling, um, I think kind of threw some people for a loop, but honestly, the, the, the outreach that we've gotten on our show um, you know, just the personal messages that I've received um, from fans that are fans of wrestling that don't normally listen to sports radio just because, you know, there's nothing there for them if you're a wrestling fan. Sure. Well, now I can add, you know, maybe two or three times a week. I can talk a little wrestling, whether it's All Elite Wrestling, whether it's WWE or, you know, Ring of Honor 
name your, you know, name your promotion, but basically I'm, I'm talking about it. And, and, you know, for the most part, we're getting a lot of positive response to it. Yeah. Well, here, I'll slow down here for just a second. Um, you were, you were drafted by the Jaguars in, in 2010, if I did my research correctly here. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Good what, call. <laughs> what was, uh, yeah, I was, I always try to prep. Uh, what was, what yep. was your experience like working for the Khan family? Yeah, so it, it was funny. Uh, my last year with Jacksonville would have been in 2012, and um, the, the cons were just coming in. So I, I, I pretty much played for Shad Khan, the owner. Um, I spent about a year and a half with him. And um, it, it was evident right, right off the bat, you know, because Jacksonville is a fairly new franchise. Uh, I think the first year would have been in 1995, you know. So they're, they're still new in terms of, of the NFL family, and they've always been owned by the same people in the Weavers. Um, so when Shad Khan uh, took over, you know, it was like a breath of fresh air. You know, here comes this guy with this mustache and everything who was a, who's a self-made billionaire who started making auto parts basically in his garage and now I think owns one of the biggest uh, auto brake pad companies in, you know, in the entire world. Um, so it was uh, it was cool to have him come in and kind of introduce himself to the team and everything. But for what he's been able to do with spreading the brand of the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether it's you know adding new additions to the stadium, whether it's adding to the amphitheater that they just have after a fight for the Fallen is going to be this Saturday, yeah. um, whether it's expanding the brand of the Jacksonville Jaguars in England now, you know where, where the Jaguars will play a game in England every single year. I mean, um, I think he has a a lot of lofty goals, you know, and I think his son, Tony Khan, who's with all Elite wrestling, you know, the, uh, really the founder of it. Um, I think he shares his dad's work ethic. And I think he, um, shares just his dad's business sense, because now you have a guy with Tony Khan, who's, um, you know, really kind of taking a risk in the wrestling world, but so far it looks like it's paid off. Yeah. Now, you know, did you know, how, how familiar were you with Tony? Did you know he was like a mega pro wrestling fan when you were working for him and his dad? It was funny, man, because, you know, when you're in the NFL locker room, um, you don't really talk about pro wrestling a lot unless there's a lot of fans of it, you know. And, and when I played on a team, uh, there wasn't really a lot of pro wrestling fans. So this, those conversations that I wanted to have really, you know, never transpired just because I had nobody to talk pro wrestling with. Mm. Um, my interactions with Tony when I played, uh, they were pretty few and far between because he was, like, more in the analytical side of it, you know. So he would be in his office. Um, I, you know, I would see him in passing every once in a while, uh, and I would say what's up to him, but I had zero idea that he was a wrestling fan. Oh, and uh, I really had no idea until it was announced that Ollie Wrestling, uh, you know, is it, it, going to start up and everything. And then obviously it said Tony Khan. I'm like, man, you know, being be in that locker room for, you know, about a year and a half with, with the Khan family, you know, we could have talked wrestling and everything, but I had literally no idea. Wow. Now you now one of the big things that uh, one of the big questions people had when AEW first launched was you know are they going to offer health insurance to their wrestlers you know what were the benefits that you had while working for the Jaguars? Oh, I mean in the NFL, man, the, the benefits are nonstop. You know, and um, there's actually uh, not this year but the following year there's going to be a new CBA agreement. And um, you know, if you're a fan of football, uh, basically that means is that they're, they're going to redo the whole players' union CBA agreement, uh, which is the collective bargaining agreement and um you know so that that gets into terms of like how much players get for benefits the pension the insurance policy all all kind of the the boring stuff but as far as benefits when i played man um you know it was it was basically top notch uh 
the, the insurance was covered for. Obviously, all the medical was covered. If you had an injury, um, the team would take care of that or the NFL would take care of that. Uh, you know, and especially like, because they always call the NFL, it stands for MFL, but it's not for long because the average lifespan of an NFL player these days is like two and a half years. Yeah. So the NFL is big and the Jacksonville Jaguars were big with, um, you know, promoting to, to have like a backup plan. You know, like when, when you're done playing football, um, have, have you saved up your money? Like, did you make good investments? And, and the NFL does a great job with that too, with the pension, with the 401k. So th- there's definitely a lot of plans. There's a lot of things in place that you can take full advantage of, of being, uh, you know, a former NFL player, especially when it's time to join your second job. I mean, for me personally, uh, I was a journalism mass communications major at Murray State. Oh, cool. And once again, like I told you, I had no really experience in radio. But when I retired, um, I actually did a, they, they call it an NFL broadcast boot camp. And it was a three-day event that the NFLPA puts on. It's in Bowling Green. And basically, it's just a crash course in broadcasting um, and TV and things like that. So I kind of got my feet a little wet, you know, in, in, in terms of that thing. But um, still, like, the, the whole ESPN 690 gig was new to me. Yeah. Now, uh, now, do you, now, you talking about how well you were treated by the cons in, in the NFL, would you like to see the wrestlers in AEW get a lot of the same benefits that the NFL players are uh, offered? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's. It's hard, I think, because we were talking about professional wrestling. Like, yes, they are under contract by All Elite Wrestling or, like, if, you know, other guys are under contract by WWE. But at the same time, the reason why I was able to get all those benefits was because I had a union that had my back. Right. You know, and and I think with, with wrestling, and you're starting to see with MMA, too, now, is where, you know, the, the, there is you – want, you want the medical. You, you, you want the benefits. You want the 401K and things like that. You want the future stuff going forward. But if you don't have a union that can, you know, express those goals to upper management, um, I feel like it's not going to transpire. So while I think it would be fantastic for wrestlers, because let's be honest, it's it's a physical sport. Injuries happen. And, you know, I mean, while the lifespan of a wrestler can be um, a pretty long time, there's sometimes, you know, the rare cases, knock on wood, where guys get hurt. And, you know, that's pretty much it for the wrestling career. So, yeah, I think if they had some kind of union, that would be fantastic. But unless they don't have that, I don't see that really happening. How do how do you think? I mean, how how what would your advice be if you know there are folks out there that you know would like some kind of a wrestling union like that? Like, what would your advice be to them about how to get something like that rolling? You know what I mean. Basically, what you need um, with the union, and you know, I mean, and Venezuela's had one for for a long time, so I, I can't tell you like how that all transpired, but. Sure. I think especially with All Elite Wrestling, the, the beauty that they have is the fact that, yes, Tony Khan is the boss, but he's put people in place in upper management like Cody Rhodes, like Kenny Omega, like the Young Bucks that have been wrestling their entire lives, that know the business in and out. And I think anytime you have, you know, the faces of the company and you have the big stars and then you mix them with the younger talent, maybe the talent that people don't really recognize, but, you know, are on their way up. Anytime you can have conversations with them, well, then you can start a union, you know, and, and then you can start going forward with, you know, maybe pre- presenting ideas to upper management where, like, where, hey, maybe, you know, when, when our contracts are up or maybe when we retire, we'd like some benefits here or there. I mean, it's just about getting, you know, the conversation started, the dialogue started. Yeah. But, but the biggest thing and the problem, because like I said, I do MMA now, and with the UFC, the biggest problem is not everyone's on the same page because when you have people in the UFC – when you have those top stars, they're not 
communicating with the bottom part of the roster, you know, because it's the bottom part of the roster that's going to get all the benefits, right? Like if, if you're the top faces in any company, um, you're probably going to be more well off when you retire as opposed to the, maybe some of the bottom people that didn't make as much money. Yeah. Um, one of the issues that, uh, you know, obviously crosses uh, football and pro wrestling is uh, CTE. Uh, how did uh, the Jaguars, yeah. how did the, the Jaguars and the NFL, how do they deal with CTE related issues? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna be a hundred percent truthful and hundred percent candid here in, in terms of, of CTE. You know, it's um it's definitely an ongoing problem. Uh, Any time that you have guys sliding heads that weigh you know three hundred something pounds, I mean something's gonna happen, right? And you can take all this new technology, you you can make the helmets better, you can make the rules safer, you can do all these things. But at the end of the day, there's no denying in the NFL that these guys are getting bigger, faster, and stronger every single year, and our brains aren't adapting. Our skulls aren't adapting. You know, like our, the, the, the way our minds are put together is exactly the same. So I appreciate all the precautions that are happening in the NFL now with the rule changes and whatnot, but you're still going to have problems, you know? And I wish I had the answer of, what what you can do to help CT, you know, I mean, I've been pretty blessed where I have had some, you know, concussions and things of that nature, but for the most part, I haven't really received any of the side effects of those yet, you know, and, and that's to kind of knock on wood going forward that I don't have those things. Um, and that's something that you kind of accept when you sign up, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of instilled as you as a kid, like you, you understand the risks of playing football, but you know, my time in NFL, um, where you think it would be kind of open-minded where if you have a concussion, you report it, that's just not the case. And, and then I feel like that's still the same. Now, granted my last year playing uh, for the Chicago bears, my, my last uh, team was in 2014. So I'm not sure if the dynamic has shifted at all, but you have to remember if, if you're a guy that's trying to make a roster and you get a concussion, if you go to the training table, especially during training camp, where you're trying to make the team, if you go report that concussion, a couple of things happen. Number one, you have to sit out. And that's the worst thing you can do if you're trying to make a team in training camp is sitting out because then all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the team, the coaches, the GM, uh, there's no film of you. So they can't, you know, bring you back on the team because you're not putting out any film. So you have to sit. And that's bad news, especially if you're trying to make a team. And number two is that it, it goes under record. And say you're a free agent, say you're trying to get, you know, a new contract and everything. Well, all a team has to do is go on your medical history, see you've had three or four concussions, and they're not going to sign you because they're taking the risk. Man. So, 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 so a lot of guys, and listen, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'm sure everybody's different. But from my standpoint, when I played in the league, um, there was no way I was going to report a concussion. The only way I was going to report a concussion is if I was knocked out unconscious because then obviously, yeah, I was probably concussed. But I remember going through training camp, having headaches and everything, and just trying to chase them down with aspirin or ibuprofen. And having to, you know, just having to try to go back out there. Um, and I, I know a lot of guys that have had that issue. And, and another big issue with the NFL is the, the use of opiates, you know, where there's been science proven where if you want to use like CCBD or medical marijuana, they might have better effects for concussions and head symptoms. But the way it's set up right now is we just chase everything with, with ibuprofen or, you know, like a, like a stronger pain pill. And then, of course, with pain pills, that masks the concussion symptoms. And then, you know, you have guys three or four years out of the league, guys that I shared a locker room with, guys that, I, you know, that, that I consider brothers, 
um, that you see getting in trouble for domestic violence or, you know, just making bad decisions. And it's the guys that, you know, that I always went to vouch for all of a sudden I'm seeing these completely different people. And I think CT has got a direct correlation to that. Now, thank you for being as honest as you, as you are, you know, with all of that in mind, oh, you're welcome. with all of that in mind, what did you think of the unprotected chair shot that Cody took then at fighter fest from Sean Spears? Yeah. You know, um, it's a, it's a shot that we haven't seen in a long time in professional wrestling. Um, on like the main stages. Now, sure, there's maybe some indie, some hardcore matches that, that have that chair shot. But as far as, you know, being on a pay-per-view, being a big spectacle like it was for Fighter Fest, um, it was kind of hard to watch, honestly. You know, and uh, I'm not a professional wrestler. I cover it. So... I understand that was Cody's decision to take that chair shot. You know, obviously this was planned. It was, it wasn't a spur of the moment kind of thing. I think that um, there was kind of a, um, I guess a chair malfunction, if you would say, because he ended up getting cut in the back of his head. Because I think the lip of the chair kind of went over his head a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they were banking on the blood and everything like that. Um, and at the same time, I, I can see both sides. Like, yes, the, the former football player, me wants to say, man, that's uh you know, that's not a good thing, especially with kids watching everything like that. I mean, uh, it's just not something you want to see, you know, you think we're past that, but at the same time, from the entertainment standpoint, what was everybody talking about after that happened? Like what, what was the biggest story at fighter fest after the event? It, it was the chair shot. You, you saw it on Twitter. You saw it on Instagram. You saw it on Facebook. Like you saw that thing. And now great. Advantage. It might've been some bad publicity, but, but as I say, especially with the new wrestling promotion, any publicity, I think, is good publicity. Yeah. And, you know, Cody took that risk. I think he understands the consequences. He's a pretty smart dude, from my understanding. So um, did I hate to see it a, a little bit? But truth be told, I understood where it came from. Uh, well, we're, we're bumping right up against the time that I, I, I have you here for. Um, if I can get a couple more minutes, I, I, I just to pepper you with one or two more questions. Is that cool, Austin? Oh, dude, I'm, I have a couple hours, man, so it's all good, man. Don't worry. Okay, cool, cool. Now, um, you know, let's talk, let's talk about AEW. How do you feel the product's rolled out so far? What do, you, what do you make of AEW at this point? You know what? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, and like I said before, I'm, I'm a huge wrestling fan. All right, so um, the, the fact that I, I get to cover wrestling in AEW is kind of my backyard. I mean, that's just a bonus for me. But, um, you know, just from being from a spectator perspective or just a fan of wrestling, I think AEW's hit two home runs so far. I think uh, selling out the MGM, the very first event, uh, it was huge. You know, and I think with the landscape of wrestling now, with what you're seeing, um, it's all about telling stories. Where wrestling kind of went bad for me for a little bit because, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the Attitude Era, right? Like, I was, uh, I was in middle school and the Attitude Era was big, and, and I remember – WCW versus WWF at the time. Uh, and I just remember those, like, you know, it was more about just kind of like the violence, just more about the F-U kind of attitude. And I was all for it, man. But then somewhere along the way, um, the story stopped being told. And it was more about just throwing these random matches together with no storyline. And, and, and I'm a huge fan of storytelling. Yeah, You know, and um, the beauty now with the landscape of wrestling is the fact, and this is where the young bucks, you know, are, are certified geniuses, is the fact that they tell their stories through, through their, their channels on YouTube. You know, being the elite, I mean, I think without being the elite, All In wouldn't have been as big as it was. And if you didn't have All In, I don't think All Elite Wrestling 
would even be around. So the fact that you can you can kind of get these stories now via YouTube channels, via you know all these um, forms of social media. So so by the time like you know a pay per view comes on like Spider Fest or Double or Nothing, I mean the stories are kind of already told, and and now comes the wrestling action. And I think it gives fans an interesting perspective where now that they're all they're all, they're a part of the story. You know, like a perfect example yeah. is Hangman Page. Hangman Page has been wrestling now for like I think ten or eleven years, you know, and he was in Japan, and his character um, didn't really take off right away. For me personally, you know, I mean, I, I would watch uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling or whatever, but like, and he wasn't a big guy to me. Yeah. But it took him from being on the lead, you know, all of a sudden it was hashtag where's Hangman Page? He went missing for a little bit. All of a sudden that stuff started happening. And the stock of Hangman Page skyrocketed. And you're seeing it a lot now with these wrestlers. You know, another perfect example is Darby Allen, uh, a guy who a lot of people may not be familiar with, but thanks to the social media videos, thanks to the YouTube, you know, thanks to the videos that All Eight Wrestling puts out, they at least had some kind of understanding of who he was. So by the time Fighter Fest came out and Cody Rhodes squared off against Darby Allen, I mean, you had you already had a match with the agents because the story was kind of already told. Yeah. So I think from from that standpoint, with that landscape, I think All Elite Wrestling does a great job of promoting their younger stars. And then of course they already have some of the biggest names in, in the business with Cody Rhodes, with Kenny Omega, with the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, uh, now John Moxley. I mean, I think they have the right combination of uh, of superstars uh, mixed with brand new, refreshing talent. And um, I honestly think the sky's the limit because they, they have the right model in place. And then, of course, you have to remember, too, with the people that are really running the show, like, yes, Tony Khan is the boss of All Elite Wrestling, but he kind of put it in the Bucks' hands. He put it in Cody Rhodes' hands. He put it, you know, in Kenny Omega's hands. And they're learning from, you know, the young wrestlers are learning from them, and they're calling the shot. So, um, with that being said, I, I've been very impressed with all your wrestling so far. Now, now you love stories. You t- you put over Jericho and Page. You know, for your money, though, who do you want to see as the first yeah. AEW champion, Jericho or Page? You know what? I think right now the way Jericho, um, uh, you know, and here's thing about Jericho too, which I really respect, is the fact that he always seems to reinvent himself. You know, and, and now we have just this ultra heel. Uh, this guy that wants to thank you from pretty much the entire All Elite Wrestling universe has not got it yet. He's going to take the microphone of Jackson, which I'm excited for. I think right now you have to keep the belt on Jericho just because um, he is uh, he is kind of the household name. Um, he is such a heel. I think he's the biggest heel of the company. No disrespect to MJF. But uh, I think going forward, I mean, yes, Hangman Page is going to be a legend in his own right. Um, he's, he's still young. I think the audience is still getting acquainted with him. So to me, it, it makes sense to keep Jericho to have the belt. Now you're going to have AEW on TV, uh, on TNT in October, you know, you're going to have SmackDown on Fox. You're going to have raw on USA. Uh, there's reports that WWE's worried about AEW stealing away their teenage demographic. Like what are your expectations when we see these two brands in prime time in October? Do you think it'll help or hurt WWE? You know what? Honestly, I think competition brings out the best in anybody. And, um, you know, you, you've kind of seen that now that Vince has kind of handed off the reins to uh, 
Paul Heyman for Raw, you know, and um, this, this past week's episode of Raw was okay, but two weeks ago, I thought it was um, one of the best Raws I've seen in a long time. Yeah. You know, so, so, so the fact that you have Vince McMahon kind of handing over the reins, it shows that WWE is paying attention, you know, and I think at the end of the day, when you have the competition, when you have to go toe-to-toe, um, it brings out the best in anybody. Like, you remember when it was WWE versus WCW. I mean, that was some of the of the best wrestling because week in and week out, uh, you have to be on your A game. And I think what happened when you know there was nobody really challenged WWE anymore. Um, I think things just kind of got stale, and I think the people that were with upper management or whatever just kind of you know went through the motions just because they didn't have anybody pushing them. And now that all the wrestling is here, uh, they are being pushed and they are taking notice. So I think the overall product of wrestling um, is going to be better than it's ever been and you know who benefits from that the most is, is the fans you know you you work for for espn i, I gotta ask you know espn the sbs they're gonna have a wwe category what do you think of that does it hurt the credibility of the sbs you know creating a category for wwe you know and, and it's kind of the same thing with sports radio there, there's always going to be that group of people that um that want to call you know wrestling fans you know, and, and they, they want to say that it's fake and they want to say it's just reality television. But you got to remember, man, like this is the same, um, this is the same world we live in now where you can turn on ESPN2 any day and you watch cornhole being played. You, you can watch video games being played. True. You know, I mean, it, it's not up for debate whether it's wrestling sports or not. I mean, it's sports entertainment. And there's no denying that. Um, sports Illustrated is now covering it. ESPN is covering it. Becky Lynch was, was, was on the cover of ESPN magazine, you yeah. know, the first wrestler um, in history to be on ESPN the magazine. So I think that people just need to get with the times. You know, I mean, uh, the sports and, and just the environment are always changing, you know, and, and, and you can either be on board or, or you can't. But I'm just happy because I think, and like I said before on the radio show, we're getting a lot more people that are a fan of us talking wrestling that that than aren't you know because for a long time i think um the whole dynamic's been like those people haven't had their voices heard there wasn't really anywhere you could kind of turn to i mean there's podcasts and everything but as far as like a like, like a national sports radio show or a national sports television show um you didn't see wrestling that much but now people are starting to understand that sports entertainment is a big deal it gets the ratings and if it gets the ratings and you can get the cash people are going to talk about it. So I think going forward, it's only going to help the brand of, of an ESPN with having wrestlers for the ESPYs or Sports Illustrated, whoever's covering it. And it's going to make wrestling that much bigger as well. Well, WWE obviously enjoys the connection with ESPN and Sports Illustrated. You know, they give interviews to these outlets, right? I mean, does it make it harder yeah. to uh, to cover? Can you, can you objectively cover WWE content, I guess, knowing that they are looking to have a positive relationship with you? Um, you know what? I, I mean, I, it's not that hard for me at all because it's like I always say, and you know, I, I've been on Twitter rants with people that disagree with me talking about wrestling. Like, I got into the business of uh, of sports radio because I thought I had a voice and I want to talk about things um, that mattered to me. You know, and and to me, you know, I mean, I'm passionate about NBA, I'm passionate about MMA, I'm passionate about football, and and I love watching wrestling. You know, so so to me, um, I understand that it's still my job to cover it and, you know, not pick sides or anything like that. And that's what I do. But I'm a fan, you know, like, if you ever see me like at a, an all elite wrestling event or if I cover, cover a different wrestling event, 
uh, I'm going to be in that press conference with a smile on my face because I'm, I'm doing what I love, yeah, you know, and, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, so from that perspective, I mean, I understand, like, I do have a job to do, but I'm still going to be a fan at the same time. Now, obviously, you're, you're friendly with Tony here. You know, you're in this broadcasting yeah. role now. Have you had any talks with AEW about possibly lending your voice or your talents to the company? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't had any talks yet. Um, I actually, and I, and I can't get into too much detail, but um, and this isn't with all the rest of it was with somebody else, but somebody um, wanted me uh, to do a tryout for a promotion. Um, and I had to respectfully decline just because, you know, I'm doing MMA. I just don't have the time. Um, you know, as far as like working for all wrestling or a wrestling company one day, um, you know, obviously I'm not going to say never. Um, I've had people that call into the show that want me to get in the ring, you know, be a professional wrestler. And, and to me, I just had too much respect uh, for professional wrestlers. And I say that because I know the, the amount of time that it takes to master your craft. I know uh, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes, if you will. And I don't know if I can just promote, you know, I think I can spend that much time um, on something new like that. And, and to me, it's like I always say, too, it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, like, comic book guy, and I'm a big fan of, like, you know, comic book movies. So, like, take, like, the Avengers and all the Marvel movies, for instance. Like, I feel like if I was, like, Robert Downey Jr., if, if I was, um, you know, if, if I was, uh, you know, pick your, pick your superhero, if you're the actor, um, I feel like it would kind of ruin the magic for me to go see the Avengers if I was in it. It's kind of the same thing with all, all eight wrestling or WWE. If I was to ever pursue that dream, I feel like, you know, kind of my childhood would be ruined a little bit because now I'm behind the scenes. You know, I'm, I'm seeing wrestling for, for what it is. I'm seeing wrestling for... Uh, what it truly is, and if that's the case, you know, it, it kind of ruins it a little bit for me. So, okay. um, in some in some capacity of maybe like commentating, you know, interviews, I'm I'm all for that. But as far as like getting in the ring, uh, never say never. But I, I probably doubt it. <laughs> Come on, stooge it off. Michael Cole hit you up, and he's like, "We need another Pat McAfee. Get in here." Is that is that what you're hinting at here? You know what? If if that was the case, then absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that it, it'd, it'd be awesome to do. Um, thankfully, like I'm, I'm not too locked into my ESPN 690 contract, but I mean, I don't get, don't get twisted. I do love, uh, doing that stuff. So it doesn't be something really special for me to, to leave what I'm doing right now, especially with MMA, but, um, yeah, maybe, maybe something in the future for sure. Okay. All right. Well, lastly here, I'll ask you, you know, you, you are uh, currently in MMA. There's this like Carney. Uh, MMA bout that's been announced between Tito Ortiz and Alberto El Patron for Combates America. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Of the, what do you think of this? And what do you think happens when these two get in the cage together? So, well, at the time, I think it was Alberto Del Rio took on a guy by the name of Miracle Crocop. And I think this was before Del Rio got to the WWE. And if you know anything about MMA and Mirko Krokop, um, he is one of the, the baddest dudes to ever do at heavyweight. And he was known for a leg kick. Uh, and I'll never forget watching the fight. Del Rio comes out wearing, like, the traditional luchador uh, gear, basically. And he was wearing a mask. And this is an MMA fight, mind you. Okay. And um, he ends up getting head kicked in, like, the first two minutes and gets knocked out unconscious. There was blood coming out of the mask. It was a gnarly scene. Uh, I know that, you know, Del Rio's been, or I guess it's Alberto Del Patron now, he's been um, associated with Combat uh, Americas. Uh, I'm not sure really of his MMA experience, you know. I mean, 
Tito is one of the one of the OGs of of the MMA world. Um, you know, he, he had battles uh, with Chuck Liddell, who he's probably most known for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his last fight was with, actually with Chuck Liddell. And, uh, you know, much to the dismay of a lot of people, it was two guys that were kind of out of their prime. Uh, how do I see this fight going down, man? Um, my, my money's on chill just because he still is an MMA fighter at the end of the day. So I think you have to give an advantage there. But um, I, just, I just hope it's a... It's a good matchup. I hope that, um, you know, it's it's not a lot of clicks and whistles. I hope it's actually real fighting is on this set. What, is there anyone you'd like to, to pick a fight with? Lashley, Lesnar, any any big-name wrestlers? Punk? I guess Punk's not wrestling anymore. I don't know. No. Uh, man, good question. Um, well, we actually <laughs> we had CM Punk on our show uh, a couple months ago, and my co-host was trying to get us in the cage together because he's a big uh, he's a big Chicago Cubs fan. Okay. Um, you know, being from Chicago, and I'm I'm from Wisconsin. So I'm a big Milwaukee Brewers fan, so we were trying to set it up where we're both going to get in the cage, and I'm wearing my Brewers out, like my Brewers gear. He's wearing the Cubs gear, but obviously that didn't really come to fruition. Um, anybody that sticks out to me, you know, I mean, I would be remiss to say I have to call it Brock Lesnar just because in terms of popularity in the MMA community and in, in, in terms of, uh, I guess, the money that it would garner, obviously I think Brock Lesnar would, would, be, would be kind of the name to call out for sure. Do you think you could beat him? Yeah, I, I like my chances. Oh, um, oh man. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I like my chances. Uh, okay. Yeah, he, he's a good wrestler. You know, I mean, all-American wrestler in Minnesota. You can't take that away from him. Um, you know, hands are – are decent. Um, but, you know, he was supposed to fight Daniel Cormier coming up here, and then that fight kind of uh, backed out for whatever reason. So I think he's done fighting MMA now. Yeah. But um, if the opportunity ever presented himself, why not, man? I'd, I'd be all for it. He's a free, he's a, he can do practice whatever he wants. Bring him to AEW, novelty fight. I'm just saying, you know people, Austin. Just just make it happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to Tony Khan and see, see yeah. what he says. Uh, uh, Austin, I really enjoyed chatting with you. You gave me double the time that I told you I was going to take with you. I'd love to chat again uh, down the road. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up today? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, just basically, it's, you know, ESPN 690, that's, uh, that, that's kind of the radio show that I'm doing right now, sports radio here in Jacksonville. Um, you know, we're on the AM side of things, but we also have our website you can stream from every day from 3 to 6 Eastern. And then um, I might be having something come up too here, and I can't give too much information yet, unfortunately. But uh, be on the lookout, and you know you can hit me up on Twitter um, a underscore I'm sorry a underscore train underscore ninety two. I know it's a little complicated, but you can just type in Austin Lane in Twitter, you can find me. But um, I I do have goals with this whole wrestling thing um, in terms of, of broadcasting it and talking about it. And, um, I'm talking to somebody right now and I can't give the name yet, mm. but, um, he has been, he has been in a ring before. Um, some people that are pretty hardcore fans will probably recognize the name, but my, what I see happening going forward is that we get kind of our own show with ESPN 690 and we basically spend an hour, maybe a week just talking wrestling and MMA, um, which I think would be awesome. So I can't really give out too much more information than that, but um, hopefully I can announce that in a couple months or so. Thank you very much, Austin, for taking the time to chat. Hope you guys all enjoyed that out there. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. And thank you all very much for tuning in here. If you like the Winkly, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Subscribe. You get this show. You get all our post shows. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's great. It's great for your ear holes. We slam 
high quality audio in your ear holes uh, pretty much leave a day. comment yeah leave a comment five star ratings and if you like the winkly you're gonna love winkly tv uh, it drops every friday 2 p.m central standard time via the ringside wrestling app it is free to download it is myself it is raj giri talking the top five stories of the week uh so tune on in enjoy that it, it, we have a lot of fun with it uh also again just to run down one last time the schedule for this weekend's coverage. Uh, we'll have two shows on Saturday night, Fight for the Fallen and Evolve's 10th anniversary. I will, again, be on site at Fight for the Fallen. And then on Sunday in the afternoon, we'll be covering GCW's 5150, a tribute to Homicide. And then that night, we'll have WWE Extreme Rules. So it, it, the action never stops here at Wrestling Inc. Justin, what do you want to plug for, put over here before we wrap it up? Check out my friends at WrestleRumble.com. Be a lot of fun for this Sunday night's Extreme Rules. Go on WrestleRumble.com. Can win up to $500. Uh, there's other pri- there's other cash as well, but $500 is the max. Uh, ask you to who you pick to win and such for the matches. It's a whole lot of fun. Check it out there. And, yeah, leave us a comment on uh, iTunes. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're loving. And uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.